Welcome to our second segment of this afternoon's program. It's Sunday the 6th of June 2021. It's now 1.44 p.m. in the studio. I'm your host, Kieran Murdoch. Uh, the government says it plans to allow FETs to resume, beginning with one in July. Uh, the July event is a collaboration between several organizers and appears to be a test of sorts to see that large public events can be managed alongside adherence to COVID-19 protocols. Uh, Antigua Newsroom has reported days ago that promoters plan for the FET to host 300 people and to be held outdoors, uh, and that all attendees and staff will have to be fully vaccinated, meaning that they have had both their shots. Uh, it is said that there will be temperature checks, masks will be worn, and hand sanitizing will be available. Uh, tickets will not be sold at the venue itself, it was reported, uh, but will be sold in advance with a cutoff point 48 hours before the event. Uh, the government has reportedly agreed to facilitate this with a team from the health ministry to ensure compliance of those organizing the event. Uh, but the chairman of the National Technical Working Group on COVID-19, Dr. Lester Simon, uh, posted to Facebook uh, within the last week saying that the plan to recommence with FETs was dangerous. Uh, he called it madness and he doubted whether FETs could be effectively policed, whether partygoers could be trusted to observe protocols such as mask wearing and staying in their own groups, and the potential for such events to become super-spreader incidents. Uh, the information minister later suggested that economic concerns weighed heavily on the government's decision, uh, going as far to say that the issue was not in the good doctor's lane. Uh, most recently in a press release, the Minister of Health and Wellness, Sir Malvin Joseph, praised Dr. Simon as an invaluable member of the COVID-19 response team and assured that technical expertise from the relevant individuals uh, is being taken into account in the government's decision-making. So on this segment, we'll ask how do the risks of returning to mass gatherings weigh against the benefits? Joining our panel for this discussion, we're happy to have with us Mr. Shalita Rose. He is a marketing professional and an event promoter and organizer here in Antigua and Barbuda. Uh, good afternoon to you, Mr. Shalita Rose. Good afternoon to you and your listeners. Uh, we are also happy to have on this panel a uh, veteran promoter, uh, Mr. Roger Perry. Uh, he has produced events such as Total Togetherness and uh, Melting Pot, uh, and he has been uh, an event organizer for some 30 years. Uh, good afternoon to you, Mr. Roger Perry. If you could unmute for us, um, Mr. Perry, if you, if you can hear me. Um, can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now, but you are coming through a little bit, a little bit crackly. I can hear you, but you're not very clear. Uh, it may be a microphone issue. I'm not sure if you could. Yeah, the same thing. Yeah, the same. I'm not sure if you're using a headset. If you are, you may have to change it or uh, get rid of it altogether. But you are coming through quite crackly, even though. It's without the headset. Um, hold one sec. Uh, we may give you a call if, if it doesn't sort itself out. But in the meantime, let me um, let me introduce um, uh, Dr. Patrick Martin. He is joining us from St. Kitts and Nevis. Uh, he is a pediatrician and he was once the chief medical officer in St. Kitts and Nevis. Uh, good afternoon to you, Dr. Patrick Martin. Good afternoon to you, uh, Kieran, and to the panelists and to the listeners. And finally, joining us from the British Virgin Islands, we have uh, Mr. Lionel Michael. Uh, he's a former chief health inspector in Antigua and Barbuda. Uh, good afternoon to you, Mr. Lionel Michael. Good afternoon, do you do? Uh, Mr. Shalita Rose, do you support the resumption of FETs? And uh, you know, what are your reasons? What is your thinking uh, along the issue? Uh, well, let me just first say, say good afternoon to the fellow, fellow panelists as well. I forgot in my um, greetings to greet them as well. So let me say good afternoon to them. Um, to answer your question, yes, I do. Um, once... Uh, 
I'm I am looking at it from a holistic point where there are a couple of things that are affecting um, our actual concept of reopening. Um, I think at some point we need to go back to some form of norm. And I think once the science and the available resources allow us to responsibly do that, we all have that responsibility to open back up. And open back up in its state, meaning let's contribute back to the economy. Because, I mean, the economy is at a standstill now. There are people on their knees now, obviously hurting because, of course, revenue um, streams have been cut off either by um, direct impacts by COVID-19 or auxiliary services affected by COVID-19. So I think it's all part to play in terms of restarting our economy. And I think once the science uh, allows us to, and the resources available to us, allows us to open every facet of the economy, whether it's events, whether it's sporting, whether it's um, the hospitality, whatever sector of the economy, I think we have a responsibility um, to do so in, in a responsible and, of course, ensuring that we're guided by the science and the protocols. So um, that is my stance on, on reopening events. I do support it once we can effectively police and implement different procedures and strategies to help mitigate whatever the effects are. Uh, and coming to Mr. Roger Perry, uh, he now joins us on the line. Uh, Mr. Perry, I wanted to ask you whether you support the resumption of FETS. Uh, what, what is your thinking on the matter? Um, yeah, I do support the resumption because, um, as you know, we human beings are social beings. Um, we um not accustomed of locked up and put away for long lengths of time because when you actually do do that after a while, you have a different set of problems that we're going to have to deal with because um, I'm not only looking at it from the I mean, I know a lot of persons out there thinking, okay, they just want to go and party and whatever, but it, it, it's a more broad specter. It, it has a lot more ramifications if we don't do this soon and don't do it properly. Because differently from the tourism aspect, differently from opening up of the economy, we have a lot of people depending on this sector to open up, right? A lot of persons. I mean, you you, you, you're talking about from the barbers to, I mean, to the nail techs, to the wholesalers, go right down the line. I, I mean, we can go on and on. Uh, even just a couple of days ago, I was speaking to a wholesaler who says 10% of the growth of his company depends on this sector opening. And that also would let us know whether we're going to bring back on workers who we have laid off since over a year and a half. So I think if we do this right, and I think that the Promoters Association, along with the government and the Ministry of Health, has come up with something that we can try to see and put in place that, hey, this is the way forward. And if we start off the way we said we will, I think it's a good step in the right direction. All right, Dr. Patrick Martin. Um, again, just to let our listeners know, Dr. Patrick Martin is joining us from St. Kitts and Nevis. Uh, we've been told in the... Uh, information that has come out about this this planned event, sort of a test fed, if you if you call it that, um, that only vaccinated people will be allowed to attend the event, um, and that you know others events such as this may happen in the future. That there will be events for persons who are fully vaccinated. Is, is there a risk of COVID nineteen transmission if everyone at the event is vaccinated, Doctor Patrick Martin? Well, 
Yes, there is, because uh, you can be fully vaccinated and still be a carrier. All right. Uh, and if you have a situation um, in which you can still be a carrier of COVID-19, uh, what then is, uh, would you say in your, in your own opinion, is, uh, any, is, there, is there a risk then to having these, these events if, if persons can still transmit COVID-19 even though they won't fall seriously ill because they've been fully vaccinated? Uh, bearing in mind that um, only 33% of Antigua's population has been vaccinated. Uh, are, are we looking at these events as being a significant COVID-19 risk, do you think? Yes, um, a fetus of mass gathering with the potential for being a super spreader event and also the potential to overwhelm the health system. So I could understand why the public health folks and then other folks on the task force are nervous about this. Uh, but I also understand that there's an economic cost to do and a cost not to do and that the economic um, imperatives are becoming um, uh, uh, are becoming very important now that uh, persons have been out of a job for for many months and, and <laughs> well, i could tell you in some kids and maybe some people are suffering uh, and mental health impact of, of this pandemic cannot be on this uh, cannot be overstated at all so i like the i understand how it was how it was framed as a test uh meaning that if the tests if, if if, the, if there's a failing grade, then we go back to square one and, and, and reconfigure. If the protocols work, um, then they're likely to become, um, they're likely to, to pique the interests of neighboring islands where persons are also agitating for, for FETs. So I, I prefer phase lifting of restrictions um, guided by risk benefit analyses. You know, once you have a strong test and trace program in place, and once there is full ventilation with, uh, of, of the risk and benefits to the public. All right, uh, Mr. Lionel Michael, uh, we have been uh, uh, informed that these events, uh, tickets will be sold in advance, so you don't have persons, uh, random people, uh, uh, coming to the event to seek entrance. Uh, we've also heard there'll be mask wearing, temperature checks, hand sanitizing. Um, do you think these measures uh, are going to be uh, effective? Do you think there'll be enough uh, as the organizers are looking to prevent the, the spread of COVID-19? Well, good afternoon again to, to you, Mr. Murdoch, and your and the rest of the panelists. I I haven't seen the protocols that um, the promoters have put forward, uh, have put forward, but I take it that you have seen them, and what you just repeated a while ago is correct. And if they are, if what if what you're saying is correct, I think what you just said would go a long way in controlling and preventing COVID-19 at these mass gatherings. I think that the fact that they are fully vaccinated. And the fact that they are adhering and would adhere to the measures backed up by government monitoring presence at the event and ensure that people carry out the measures. And if they not carry out the measures, we close them down right away. Okay, that's those are the kind of measures you have to take. And the test just cannot be a test for test's sake. You have to be a test with serious measures and serious sanctions involved. And so, yes, I am not paranoid about the whole um, thing. I think that as 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 we as as we as we go forward to 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 get closer to reopening, that that um, 
and vaccination. That is why we have to join the fight and join the campaign and call on persons and the promoters association have to join in the fight, joining the campaign, appealing to people, getting people vaccinated. Because the more people vaccinated is the more we're able to stop the virus in its track. And I think that is the, those are some of the key measures, key messages we want to send out to people. That even though you're fully vaccinated and you still may get COVID-19, the chances are significantly reduced that you will get it and transmit it to people in a, in a way that will cause severe illness to yourself. You will not necessarily get the severe symptoms. But yes, I think the, the first of all, the promoter should put forward a plan to the government based on the based on Antigua and Barbuda present COVID-19 measures that are published, that were published in 2020. They're there. The social distancing measure, I think, is one person per 50 square feet. They talk about social distancing. They talk about hand hygiene. They talk about wearing masks. And the FEP should be only held in a well-ventilated area, outdoors, and so on. And there should be strict protocols in accordance with that. And if it's a vaccination party, if it's a vaccination FEP, then only vaccinated people should attend. And that would I, I would support. All right. Well, just to jump in to say, um, just as a, as a, as a factual note, uh, it was uh, said that um, the, the event would be outdoors. Uh, for for the purposes yeah. of ventilation, um, Mr. Mr. Shalita Rose, uh, it, it's not clear, and it's been questioned how much input there's been from health technicians. Uh, some persons got the sense that um, perhaps this was something that was coming too quickly, that it wasn't uh, a thoroughly thought out plan, and input wasn't um, taken in from all relevant technical sectors. Um, is there anything that you could say on that on that issue in terms of you know how much uh, the uh, promoters might have collaborated? Uh, uh, with persons in the Ministry of Health before uh, this plan went forward and, and the government considered it? Um, what I could say to you is that um, under the, the beginning last year when the sector would have been, would have been affected, and we, at that point, we had not known the severity of those effects. So we started to meet with different health personnel. We have started to look at a couple of cases, uh, Miami, Atlanta, um, there were scenarios of the Barbados that we looked at and to see exactly what they were doing. And we started to look at a protocol document to govern the reopening. Um, obviously, when you look at the present situation, the government, well, the country was in at that time. There was a, a period of maybe six, seven months where there was just total uncertainty. Our cases were rising, then it would fall, then it would rise again. And we did not have vaccination at that point. So consideration to reopen at that point couldn't have been given to us, but we continued to work. And we were engaged by the Minister of Health to a Zoom meeting platform. At that point, one, once we heard of the, the engagement, we then fast-tracked and put all of our protocols in place. It was just a matter of finalizing that document. So when we met with the Minister of Health um, and on that call, the CMO was also present and also the minister responsible for festivals we had already developed a document to govern how we see the reopening and that document would have been submitted and, and be guided by whatever that feedback approval would have been and then we took once the minister and the cmo and all were comfortable with that document that is when we went to cabinet and when we went to cabinet um kieran to make our presentation as to how we are going to monitor this the protocols, we, we delivered the protocols. Uh, the CMO was present. Uh, the CMO approved those protocols. Um, also, we made representation that a task force be put in place. 
and this task force would be able to govern how you apply for events. So even before you decide that you're going to host an event uh, or you make that final decision as far as the advertising campaign, you have to seek approval. And the approval process allows us to look at the venue, as, as Mr. Michael would have said just now, well-ventilated area. We have already went a step ahead and said it has to be outdoors. And in terms of infringement uh, to the Ministry of Legal Affairs to ensure that there's a $5,000 fine, um, the revocation of your liquor license uh, for that event at a previous event, which has some legal, legal ramifications that they're looking into. But those are the type of protocols that we put forward. And we went ahead and made those steps because we take it seriously and we want to ensure that whatever document we're developing, we can protect our country. And at the end of the day, we submitted it to the proper legal and um, health channels. And if, if there was a particular professional or a particular sector of the legal fraternity, the, sorry, the health fraternity in Antigua, who feels that these protocols are not strong enough, strong enough well, we're happy to be engaged. We're happy to be engaged with, with your next steps, with your feedback. But what we're not going to do is to feverishly discuss it in the media and go back and forth. But we do have a document that's been guided and been approved. And if you do feel that strongly about it, then re-engage us. We want to know. We want to know what's the science behind it. We want to be guided by you. You are professional. We respect your fee. We respect your authority. But let's have a meaningful engagement and look at how we can look to balance this and ensure that we're being responsible to all involved. Uh, uh, Mr. Roger Perry, you, you spoke earlier about the, the economic benefits of having um, a return to, to events. Uh, I, I wonder if you could expound on that a bit because you, you, I mean, you, you call some, some professionals who we often might not even think of when we, when we think of uh, events returning. Usually we think of the organizers, persons who provide the food, uh, the drinks, uh, and maybe entertainers. Uh, but you, you did note that there is a long list of persons economically who would... Uh, see some money start to flow uh, if events were to return? Yeah. Um, first of all, we, what we need for the public to know is that all 100 and how many promoters there are in Antigua and events um, specialists, remember we also have families. Eh? We have families. So we're not going to do anything to compromise our families. We're not going to do anything to put them in danger. And as Mr. Rose said, I mean, the document that was put forward by the promoters, it has been well, I mean, they sifted through, they got the plans together and they got it right. Now, watch, just to give you a couple of, and these are facts, these are not just off the head stuff. Eh? When you look at countries like the Netherlands, Netherlands have been trying some small events with the same 350, 300 persons indoors, right? They have put those in place a couple of months now. It has been successful. There has been no documented amount of COVID after these events have happened. They have now moved it up to 1,000. So you have now, from 350, they went now up to 1,000 for outdoors events. When you go to, to places like, for instance, Tanzania, right? They have had events up to 1,500. So it's not just us as a small little island we're trying to put it in place. When you go to China, where the virus has, that's where the virus first was, you know, um, we know about the virus first. They're now opening up all the parks, the water parks are now opening up 
all the theaters, the theme parks are now opening up. So they understand what it does to the economy. Europe is the same thing. If you go to certain places in Europe, you notice that they're opening up slowly. They're putting things in place. Same like what Mr. Rose says. If it's a situation where, hey, um, you think that one or two things need to tweak, no problem, come to us, we will tweak it. But for the economy scale, we cannot keep Antigua, as the Prime Minister says, we cannot keep Antigua closed much longer. We are a tourist-oriented based economy and country. We cannot do it much longer. And all these persons, if you walk around the town, you can see all the barbers, all the hair salon places, all the nails, they depend on these events. All the stores, the girls have to buy the shoes. All these places need this sector to open. The wholesalers, the, 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 the event planners, the Stonewalls and the West and all these people, these people have people to pay. So what I'm saying to you is if we start small and get it right, there's no harm done in what we're trying to do. Uh, Dr. Patrick Martin, I, um, I'm interested to hear your take on what uh, the situation in St. Kitts and Nevis is. is uh, well, are gatherings uh, currently uh, prohibited? I would imagine it probably yes. But I would also ask whether there has been any attempt to uh, reopen uh, in terms of gatherings, uh, any, any test events, anything like what we are now attempting in Antigua and Barbuda and what other countries have attempted in their various forms. Nothing as sophisticated as the Antigua test, which I, I'm looking forward to, to that to Antigua pass at that test because if you pass the test, you, you can rest assured that St. Kitts and Nevis will be borrowing yeah. from your protocols. Um, our GDP, tourism contributes about 40% to our GDP, and we are in the economic doldrums. Still, we expect a contraction in the economy, uh, 12%. Uh, 2020, uh, maybe 6% 2021. And, and you could see you could see it all over St. Kitts and Nevis what the uh, closure of the tourism has done. So I could imagine in Antigua, where I understand tourism is probably 60, 70% of your GDP. Uh, I think there's an opportunity here. I think there's an opportunity for intersectoral work, intersectoral working between public health and event promotion. And I think that would be good for, for all of our countries that, that have a uh, tourism, hospitality, events as a significant component of, of, of our, our economy. So I, I think um, we will we'll be better in, in the end because, you know, we have to put safety and health at the center of all policies and, and activities. Uh, I think HIV taught us that and COVID is also teaching us that. So I, 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 all, yes, there's the risk. But at this point in time, we have to open. Uh, we have good protocols. Um, we have good test, test and tracing in Antigua. The Ministry of Health is involved. Um, let's see how it works. Well, let me ask you, uh, if I could, uh, Dr. Patrick Martin. Um, sure. How long, if you could give me any sense, I know you might not be able to be specific, but if health authorities are trying to track and establish whether or not there may be any correlation between uh, having an event like this or seeing more of these events happening and observing whether or not there's any uptick in COVID-19 infections. Uh, how long would one have to wait after this initial event uh, to monitor what's going on? Uh, the median 
but you start you start monitoring before the event in in terms of uh, the protocol soundness, scientific soundness of the protocols. Um, median incubation period for this virus is five seven days, but within fourteen days, for sure, you'll know if you have a surge. All right, and um, I, I, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the vaccination rate in St. Kitts is is pretty similar to Antigua, it's somewhere in the thirties. Is it? Is it not? Well, fully vaccinated, fully fully vaccinated is about twenty twenty five percent of the total population. Okay, so uh, around, well, sorry, twenty five percent of the target population, not total population. Twenty five percent of the target population. There, there is some query about our numbers but uh the fully vaccinated rate is still lagging behind the eight ball um there was planned opening for october 1st uh with, with cruise ships coming before that so you know the, as can you as you can imagine the the uh, national debate about uh these uh, risks and benefits and of activities has certainly stirred up which which is good in my estimation very, very good to to see and hear uh, Rahim and Shahida public, not John and Jane anymore. It's Rahim and Shahida public uh, uh, discussing public health and and, and economic um, uh, matters. And I, as a as a health professional and a, and a public health person, I, I like this because public health in Saint Kitts and Nevis is underfunded. This is an opportunity for us to get some more funding too. Mm. All right, uh, Mr. Lionel Michael, um, can you give us a sense of what this situation is in the British Virgin Islands? Uh, are large gatherings and events uh, permitted or not? Uh, uh, you know, what the, what is the rate of vaccination? Your infection situation? Uh, have you had events like this? Antigua, a test fit, anything like that? Well, let me well let me tell let me let me say here that. Um, I, it would be very interesting for me to see the protocols for the promoter association because if they're saying they're having a vaccination party and only people who are fully vaccinated can attend that is an excellent protocol in the bvi we have gathering numbers for um faith-based organizations weddings graduations and so on and the gathering number is 250. I saw the college having a graduation, environmental health, public health department go to the college and assess the auditorium, assess the various tents they're going to use, that they're going to use and make a determination of how much people they can accommodate. They first have to apply to the minister for permission to, if they want to exceed their gathering number, for example, for, for graduation, which is 250, and they want to exceed that number, they apply to the minister, and that application then comes to public health. Public health go on the site with a with a with a with, a, with an assessment form and do the assessment. Square footage, um, um, square feet, and so in a BVI is one is one person per sixty four square feet, and in Antigua is one person per fifty square feet. So we go and assess that. We walk with the measuring tapes and we measure the whole place. All right, and we come up with a with a, with a, with a we say we they say hello. Even they apply for two fifty. You cannot put no more than 175 people here. And they must be six feet apart, and they must wear their masks. And on, on the day of the event, we put our task force in uniform with, to, to monitor. All right? Um, so, yes, um, there are gatherings, there are parties. Um, nothing nothing exceeds 250. Nothing exceeds 250 people so far. Um, back in April, we had an application for 800 persons, and we turned it down. 
all right, because uh, there were no vaccinations in time, and so on. We we I we have not heard we have not heard of any vaccination party as yet in here, but the the those gathering number that just I just mentioned are for mix um uh, for vaccinated and unvaccinated um and person attending functions. People attend graduation, they attend, they attend funerals, they attend weddings, they attend bars, they attend clubs, they attend birthday parties and, and beach bash and so on. And they're mixed. Um very seldom we have not, we have not had any situation where only vaccinated people having a function okay. at this time. And have you had but any yes. uptick in COVID infections? Do you uh, have they noticed any? All our cases that we have so far are due to people coming into the country and, and do day zero tests. Um so we open the seaport and the airport. And therefore when you come in to the to the to, to, to the country, you have to do yeah, first of all submit a, a PCR COVID test and upon arrival you have to do another test. And we are finding people testing positive on those day zero tests. But among the local population no. But you have the sort of cases that you may see in the BVI now are cases due to imported well, I'll hate the word imported cases, but people are coming into the country and do a day zero test. And to some extent people who are taking tests to travel to other countries. Some of them are turning up positive. And if I could just ask you very quickly before I go back to, to Mr. Shalita Rose, uh, to you, Mr. Michael, um, what is the, the rate of vaccination in the BVI? Well, in the last figure I saw, I see some 18,000 people being vaccinated to date. I don't know what lev- what, what amount of that is, is, is adult and what, adult, what amount of that is, is, is children. But there's some, there's some discussion about the and Dr. Martin mentioned the population, the target population. And when we speak about population, I'm glad he mentioned that because we have to know, are we dealing with adult population or are we dealing with a total population? But for COVID-19, we have to bear in mind that the whole population is susceptible to COVID-19. Um, one to whatever age, one to 90-something age. I would, um... it's, susceptible. Mm. it's susceptible to COVID-19. And therefore, it's the whole population we're looking at. Some people are looking at the adult population alone and vaccinate a certain percentage of that of that adult population. And that, there, there's a debate about that now versus the total population. But I want to go back to this point quickly before you go, if your question says that. Um, I'm impressed that the, the, that the Promoter Association would have developed a protocol. I want to say we in the BVI had developed a protocol to opening of bars and clubs and and dances and so on. They were involved. As a matter of fact, they initiated the process. They produced a document to us and we sat in several meetings, I think we had about nine or ten meetings, to come up with a bar guidelines for bar reopening. Excellent protocols. Let me tell you what happened. It is difficult to enforce. Because once people start go to bars and clubs, there's a different scenario. There's a different behavior of people in, <laughs> in, in those kind of environments. There's a different behavior. No, no, and see, and that is why we close some of them down. Mm. Let right? me let me put As that task force. Mm. We go and close them down. I just want to know for the promoters, social and digger barbuda, going to convince me and make me feel happy and safe and comfortable that when 300 people come to the FET, they're going to mm-hmm. adhere to, to the, the measures. What measures in their protocol they have to deal with those situations. And that's what I would encourage them to focus on. Mm-hmm. Yes, 
is the day of the, the day of the event how are you going to manage those situations? So I'll put that question to Mr. Right. Mr. Shalita Rose first and, and then to Mr. Perry. Uh, Mr. Rose, uh, in terms of actually managing these large numbers of people who, I'm assuming alcohol will be available, uh, you know, 300 <laughs> Antiguans, get some alcohol in them. You know, they were wearing masks before. They were distancing before. Now they have their alcohol. They have their rum in. You know, how, soft drink how, how are you going to do soft drink Yeah, how are you going to do Oh, is that, is that what it's going to be? <laughs> <laughs> how, is, how is the situation um, going to be dealt with? Can it be properly policed by security and so on in that situation, Mr. Rose, do you think? Yeah, so uh, which is why, uh, to answer that question, one of the reasons why we took that notion of having it being the first actual event being a promoters association event was the concerns of one, the protocols uplifted and, uh, well, lifted and ensuring that it was followed through on before the actual event, but also at the event. We wanted to ensure that we have the resources of the creative minds in Antigua, the FET organizers, the event organizers in Antigua. And among our group, we have their business personnel. Um, I know for sure that the Ministry of Health is on board. I know for sure that the Ministry of uh, Festivals, through the Minister Darrell Matthew, I don't think there's a day pass that he's not checking in to see if we are where we're supposed to be, if we have submitted certain documentation to ensure that this can go through smoothly. So what we're doing is a collaborative effort, which is why Shalita Rose is not having the first event or it's a Roger Perry event or the next promoter down the block event. We're ensuring that we're putting our heads together to roll out an event that follows the protocols that we could use as a test study. I could tell you one of the things that we're looking at is an area that is controlled. So each crew that comes, there's an option to purchase a cabana type of event um, for want of a better term where you're stayed within that you're within that area you party within that area the service is given to you whether by bottle or by cooler these are some of the options that we're looking at and i don't want to go into too much details because we have to meet and have a final ratification on the total concept of the event so i mean we're taking this so serious to ensure that the enforcement is handled that we're at uh june 5th june 6th and we have not even released the details as far as the line of the entertainment lineup and so forth. Back in 2019, well, the early part of 2020, the first thing that you do is that you announce your lineup. But we are looking at uh, not just the entertainment aspect of it. We are looking at the protocols. Our last five, six meetings um, has been on protocols and the enforcement of those protocols. So, Mr. Michael, you're right. The enforcement on the day is very important, which is why we have made the decision that it's a collaborative effort by the Promoters Association. The police are engaged. One of the things the minister um, responsible for festivals wanted to ensure on the task force is that the police were involved because any enforcement of any protocol has to be to the police. And once we put our heads together, the commission is going to ensure that the task force and everybody gets together and get it done and the, the approach that we have to ensure that the enforcement is done on the same day. So it's now Shalita who has been involved for a, per, a, a particular aspect. Then there's a, a, a Roger Perry, a Jaime Hunt, or um, a Paula Flack, or a Cola Warner responsible for certain things. And once we put our collaborative effort and the police is on board to ensure that we enforce, we think it's possible. The other facet to this is that one of the things that we want to do throughout the event is to ensure that we join the fight 
about vaccination. So there'll be PSAs running on screen. The DJs would have within their mention sheet the vaccinations and to ensure that persons are staying within their space as much as possible. And the police are going to be roaming around the event to ensure that that is possible. And we think with 300 persons, some of our events are nine, 10,000. Some of our events are 5,000. I mean, when you look at carnival events, 15,000, we think that if we're putting all of these resources together to manage 300 persons, it becomes very easy and it's a calculated risk that we should be able to take once the science can support the enforcement. Uh, and Mr. Roger Perry, uh, your, your response to the concern that you will have a, a large number of persons who have come to party, um, and uh, I'm sure liquor will be available, uh, uh, how do you properly manage persons if you if you can expect that some will become non-compliant just like what mr rose said um i think that the protocols uh, everything will be properly uh, listen it's an event you're not going to know what to foresee but you can make sure things are in place and as as promoters that's what we do we make sure that things are in place yes things get out of hand sometimes but guess what that's the reason why we have plan B, plan C, plan D, to make sure that if something gets out of this curve, we have something there to put it back in. And just like what Mr. Rowe said, I think people need to just give this a chance. They just need to give this a chance to make sure that it can work because it's better to be in a nice little controlled area with 300 persons than to be walking up Market Street with 5,000 persons just up and down the place doing whatever they want, drinking on each corner, drinking on each, or, or, you know, you know it, it, this is a controlled environment. And this is a better environment to be in than to be on the beach where there's no control, to be wherever you are where there's no control. At least in this case, there is a control, the controls and controlled methods put in place. But as Shalita said in the end, we have to also get on the bandwagon to let everybody know you have to have to vaccinate uh dr patrick martin i'm going to give you the last uh last word for this this segment because we are out of time really uh, i would ask I'm you on. whether or not you think that um i mean you, you could end any which way you want but i would also ask you just the question whether or not you think uh, the ability to go to fets uh w w do you think that will assist persons I, well i shouldn't say assist uh do you think that will encourage persons particularly persons of the Fed going age uh, to get vaccinated? Because uh, if, if we're saying these events are, you can only go if you're vaccinated, fully vaccinated, do you think that this will actually encourage persons to get vaccinated? Well, I'm just five years outside of the Fed going age, so I have to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I do it. I, I won't. Because we have to try. We have, we, we have to try. Mm -hmm. We have to try everything possible to get our economies going within a, within our own cultural context and i am very impressed with the, with the uh, promoters um, on the panel and the association with the way the systematic way in which in which they're going about this this augurs well for for outstanding relationship between public health and, and, and events management all right um I think that Mr. Murder quickly that the the, 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 the the success of getting back to normal, at least some semblance of normal, is going to hinge significantly up on
the adherence of the measures and vaccination. We see vaccination as another layer in the in the COVID-19 measures in fighting COVID-19. So we are doing hand hygiene, we are doing wearing masks, we are doing um, social distancing, and now we are adding the vaccine component. And as we add the vaccine component, we want people to consider to take the vaccine. Taking the vaccine significantly reduces your chances of getting the disease. And if you do get the disease, you get mild, mild disease, mild symptoms. You reduce hospitalization, you reduce death. Okay, so I'm glad to hear the promoters saying that they're going to promote vaccine. They should start promoting vaccination now. I hope they're involved in the promotion of vaccination right now to get a lot of people vaccinated as soon as, as quickly as possible mm. and take all the necessary doses and so on. Mm. So we want people to, to get vaccinated. Fully get vaccinated. And, and obey the protocols. So we, we will have to leave this segment here. Pandemic poverty. Yeah, we will have to leave the segment here. I want to say thank you to all four of our guests. Uh, Mr. Shalita Rose, marketing professional and event promoter here in Antigua. Uh, Mr. Roger Perry, uh, a veteran promoter again here in Antigua and Barbuda. Uh, Dr. Patrick Martin, he joined us from St. Kitts. He's a pediatrician. Uh, and also to Mr. Lionel Michael, a former chief health inspector in Antigua and Barbuda. He joined us from the British Virgin Islands. Thanks to all four of you gentlemen. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.